بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه. The Jum'ah Khutbah is an essential reminder that calls the believers every Friday to increase in taqwa, God consciousness. This series shares Jum'ah Khutbahs that take place at the Al-Maqasid Seminary. Alhamdulillah. الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد مفتاح باب رحمة الله عدد ما في علم الله صراة وسلام دائمين بدوام منك الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه وشر أنه الله الذي لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله واحدا ورب شاهدا ونحن مسلمون وشر أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وكرة عيوننا محمد عبده رسوله أرسله الله بالهدى والدين الحق ليظهر على الدين كله ولو كره المشركون أما بعد عباد الله إني مسيكم ونفسي إياي بتقوى الله the counsel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all people, those who came before and those who will come until the end of time is to be people of taqwa, to be people who are mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of their different states, outwardly and inwardly, putting everything in its proper place, fulfilling Allah's commands with our limbs and with our heart and avoiding his prohibitions with our limbs and with our hearts. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to be people of taqwa and especially as now that we've transitioned out of the blessed month of Ramadan which is like a madrasa, which is like a school that practically teaches us how to be people of taqwa. We hope that those blessed days and those blessed nights that are now gone and that we hope that they've been accepted in the presence of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will leave an indelible mark upon who it is that we are in reality. And the reality of the human being is not our outward appearance. The reality of the human being is our heart. And the heart is like a mirror. And in it, you have in it etched the reality of things if we do what it is that we're supposed to do to uncover that. But the heart needs polishing. The heart needs to be refined. And we begin first and foremost by having correct belief. And then we add to that correct practice, and then we add to that good traits of character. And recently that we've been speaking about this very important word in the Arabic language, which carries very deep realities, adab, translated as manners, propriety, translated as, even if you will, good character in all of its meanings. This is a very comprehensive term that refers to a very important part of the human experience and how it is that we are supposed to be before our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then by extension, how it is that we're supposed to be among before his choice servants, which are the prophets and the messengers. And then how it is that we're supposed to be in relation to all other classifications of people. But this adab even extends to everything else in creation. And to the extent that Hujjat al-Islam al-Ghazali mentions that if someone is walking that out in nature and for no reason that breaks off a twig from a tree 
this is considered to be bad adab because that was not the purpose of that twig to be broken for no other reason. Yes, it is permissible to use what Allah Ta'ala has subjugated to us for a good purpose. You can cut down trees for firewood. You can cut down trees to build with. That you can use what Allah Ta'ala has given us. Everything in the plant kingdom, in the mineral kingdom, and of course the animal kingdom, what he's permitted for us in relation to that, with all of the etiquettes associated with that, this is permissible. However, to do something for no purpose, this is a breach of adab. And as some of the scholars of our time, when they were asked, have said, and when they were asked about what is the major crisis of the world in which we live today, and one of them, because of his knowledge of the kitab and the sunnah, and because of his connection to the people of Allah, and their unbroken chain of transmission back to the Messenger of Allah Himself, he responded by saying, Adab. This is the crisis of our time. Is that in the age of information, we have a lot of knowledge, but we lack wisdom. We know what to do with things. We are understanding more and more that how things work, even though oftentimes we fail to understand why. And we are seeking the why in all of the wrong places. The why ultimately comes from what Allah inspires and reveals to the prophets and messengers throughout the ages. And alhamdulillah, we are from the religion of those who believe in the last prophet and messenger, our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. So Adam, in a sense, even though we might speak of it, being people-focused, person-focused in relation to you, its implications are, are very broad because it is those individual instances of breaches of adab in human beings that causes so much destruction in the world, that wreaks so much havoc. And were every human being to know their limits and to know what it is that they should do and know what it is that they shouldn't do, things would much be much better collectively for all other people. So there is a lot of truth to this, i.e. the essential problem of our time being one of a lack of adab. Because adab will orient us. It will orient us in every single meaning of the word orientation, in all of its different dimensions. And what a blessing to have a deen that orients us completely inwardly and outwardly, spiritually and physically, in relation to time, in relation to space, and all other possible considerations, we are completely oriented, and it would be impossible for us to be oriented without the teachings of the prophets in particular, without the teachings of our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, who was the master in the preeminent and one of all of those who had adab. So this word adab, as we have mentioned, can be translated in different ways. Just as scholars have attempted to define its meaning, to indicate how broad-reaching of a word it really is. But in general, that you could say that it is the ijtima of the khisar of khair fil insan. That it is the gathering point, it is that one reality within the human being, that one dimension of that human being that includes all aspects of good, all traits of good. And when they speak about adab, they oftentimes will point to three different degrees. And they say the people of dunya, 
Because adab can be translated as bell letters. Adab, adab can be referred to as literature. And one of the things that one of our teachers said is that if you look oftentimes at the comments in the Facebook chats and in the YouTube chats, especially the ones that are way off, especially the ones that aren't so nice, to say the least, they notice that they tend to be filled with grammatical mistakes. There's something about the process of education, which is one of the aspects of that education, is this process of ta'deeb, learning language properly and the effect that that's supposed to have on you by what it is that you're reading. So there is some dimension of truth to that, but it is possible for one to be very cultured when it comes to this thing out, these things outwardly and to be very well read and to know poetry and to have read the classics, but they lack the higher dimensions. So the people of dunya is that the majority of their focus on adab relates to their fasaha, their eloquence. How it is that they speak their native tongue or whatever language that it is that they are learning. And it relates to the other sciences that are known during the time that someone can come to learn. And this tends to be the focus of the mass majority of people of dunya. And then you have the next degree, which is the adab of the people of Deen. And these people tend to be focused more outwardly speaking. What it is that we should do, what it is that we should not do. Making sure to refine their souls such that they don't do something that is blameworthy. Preserving the boundaries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set. So it tends to have a little bit more of an outward focus. And then there's the adab of the khusus. There's the adab of the people of Allah. And this their adab is primarily focused upon purity of heart and overlooking the internal dimension of the human being to make sure that we are fulfilling the covenant that our Lord has taken with us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, making sure that we spend our time wisely and to respond to every situation that Allah ta'ala has put us in with the proper etiquettes of servitude. So there are degrees here, and it doesn't negate us that having a portion of each degree, which we should, we should be people who take language seriously because language is the window through which that we see the world. And language is a beautiful thing when it's learned for the right reasons. And we should learn the religious sciences just as we should learn the knowledge that we need to know to be able to function well and contribute in the societies in which we live. So when we speak about the higher dimensions of adab, it doesn't negate the lower. But when we would criticize, it would only be that people restrict themselves to these lower dimensions and fail to go a little bit deeper. Just as we should be people who know the boundaries that Allah Ta'ala has set to learn what is permissible, to learn what Allah Ta'ala has prohibited so that we can make sure that we are never found in places that he has prohibited us and we are always seen where he has commanded us to be, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the highest degree of adab of all is internally. This transpires at the level of the heart, how we are before Allah. And in reality, every single moment, there is a manifestation of names and attributes of Allah Jalla Jalalu. And ultimately, true adab is responding in every single moment according to the names and attributes of Allah that are manifesting in that moment. This is the highest degree of adab of all, where you see everything around you as being from Allah. 
And then you respond in a way that is not just permissible or pleasing to him, but most pleasing to him. And this is the station of the prophets and the messengers and the siddiqun. This is how they are. And every single moment they see everything as being from Allah. And depending upon the moment, there is a requisite state of ubudiyah, or you could say adab, of servitude or etiquette that one is supposed to have in relation to that moment. This is one of the most important knowledges of all that we need to learn. And this is, of course, in books, and that we strengthen our knowledge of those realities to facilitate practice of it by studying the great books of the masters who put this into practice. But this is primarily acquired from the chests of the great men and women who then disseminate it to the people that they meet with in a living, organic fashion in the day-to-day -day interactions that we have with them. This is what we want. And those great companions who are around the Prophet ﷺ, this is what they received by observing the walking Qur'an, Sayyidina Muhammad ﷺ, in all of his different states, in every single unique situation that he was placed in, how it is that he responded, how it is that he acted, what he did, what he didn't do, ﷺ. They used to watch the Prophet ﷺ very closely. And this is the way the true students are with their teachers. But of course, we have to understand that there's degrees of this. And we don't take everything from everybody. This is a type of knowledge that we must have that is not necessarily knowledge that is taught in books or in school. It's a knowledge that nowadays we have to speak more about and articulate for people with, with the loss of context, i.e., what it is to take from who. Everybody is different. And ultimately, we're supposed to benefit from everyone and everything. Everything in creation is supposed to remind us of Allah. Everything in creation is supposed to teach us meanings that benefit us in the spiritual path, let alone all other people. We can learn from children. We can learn from a lot from all different types of people. And we have to train ourselves to be able to do that. But of course, that requires the adab of humility to be able to do that. So we have these three degrees of adab. But then if we speak about adab in a slightly different context, we could say is that there are also three types of adab. And the first and most important is the adab that we have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which was just summarized previously. The adab that we have with Allah. And that stems from, first and foremost, our vigilance, i.e. our state of heart where we bring to mind that Allah sees us at every single moment. What does he want us to do right now as we're on this blessed day, Friday, and listening to a khutbah, a sermon? What is the adab of this very moment that we're living in? What will be the adab when we end this sermon and we stand up for prayer? What will be the adab when we end the prayer? And you will see is that we have comprehensive guidance for everything that is that we do. What did Allah Taala say? Once you've prayed Salat al-Jumah, then go about in the earth, and seek from the provision of Allah, and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala often. So some of them said one of the etiquettes right after Jumah is that you actually purchase something. And of course, in a traditional city, the central mosque tended to be very close to the souk, to the main marketplace. 
And people oftentimes would want to put this verse into practice. Webtahu min fadlillah is that seek from the bounty of Allah by purchasing something, whether it be fruit or whether it be something to eat or something for someone or something like that. In our days, if we don't have that anywhere to buy anything right around us, maybe we pull out our apps and purchase something on our Amazon app or whatever. We can still put that into practice. Webtahu min fadlillah. That's one of the etiquettes, they say. And we accompany that with, of course, with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is really the most important type of adab at all. And this is the adab from which all other manifestations of adab stem. But then the next most important etiquette is the adab that we're supposed to have with Rasulullah, with the Messenger of Allah, and with the prophets that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent, the safwa and the chosen elect of his creation, tabaraka wa ta'ala. And this is something that I think oftentimes as Muslims, because of the deep respect that we are taught to have for prophets from the earliest period of our lives, and what it is that we read in the books, and what we attribute to them, or what we ascribe to them, and how we make ta'wil, and we interpret things that appeared, that happened to them in the appropriate way. Because we know that all prophets were protected from sin before and after receiving prophet. Everything else that seems to be otherwise needs a ta'wil, needs some other way of interpreting it. We preserve the muqam al the station of prophethood, and those that might have been raised in a different religion might have had a very different experience. It was very commonplace for prophets to be depicted in terrible ways, to be spoken of in very deriding ways, which is something that were a Muslim to do, that would be kufr. It would take them outside the pale of Islam, is that we preserve the maqam and nabuwa. We don't joke about prophets. We don't saying things that we shouldn't say about the lofty station of nubuwa, of prophethood. We respect them to the utmost. And the most important adab when it comes to the prophets is to believe in them. Is to believe in them. And is to believe that everything that they brought is truth. And then dovetailing from that adab is to submit to them and to bring their teachings into your life. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ That they will never believe, by your Lord they will never believe, until they set you up as an arbiter between that which they differ about. And we need to be people of taslim, of submission to what the prophets have brought, because the mind, the aql al-mujarrad in of itself can't work things out unless the mind is aided by wahi, by revelation, it will go astray. And the main function of the aql is to understand revelation and then by extension understand all other things that can be known in light of revelation and not the opposite. And this point is that one of the things that caused a huge rupture in Western intellectual history that Muslims were spared for the most part 
But the way of the true people of Allah and the true followers of the prophets was preserved throughout Islamic history and is still here with us from the bounty of Allah, knowing how it is that we understand revelation, how it is that we understand then the rational sciences and the experimental sciences and everything else that can be known. This is the, relates to the essence of how it is that we approach and that interact with and deal with the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And look at all of the mentionings in the Quran of those who saw the prophets, but they didn't see the prophets. You see them that they are that looking at you, but they don't really see you. What is with this messenger? Who's eating food and he's just walking in the marketplace. This was oftentimes one of the biggest veils for people was they got caught up in the Bashariya, in the human side of prophets. And of course, they were human beings. Say that I am only a human being like you, but I receive revelation. They were human beings like us so that we could follow them, but they were different. They received revelation from Allah. And of course, they never that they never went beyond. Their, they always remain had that human side, but they had something special to them as well. And there was deep secrets in relation to the revelation that it is that they received from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and how they were sources of guidance for us. And understanding this is one of the most important things that we can possibly understand, because if we go astray here. There are many, many, many other things that will also get wrong. And then what it leads to ultimately is a watered-down type of version of Islam, the efficacy of which that won't truly prepare someone to be able to withstand the onslaught of the time in which they live, especially in the end of time as we get closer and closer to the emergence of the Masih al-Jajjal. And this is why that our teachers tell us is that there will be millions of Muslims, and there are some nowadays circumambulating the Kaaba. That when that actually happens in the end of time, when he emerges, the Messiah Dajjal, is that they will leave Islam. And someone might say, How could that possibly be? How could someone actually accept another human being as their Lord? Their Iman became so weak. Is that the way that they were thinking is not the way that people who have strong Iman think? It was very different. And some of us might have seen people that are like this. Some of us might have seen Muslims that we don't know if they've ever even said once in their life, La ilaha illallah. May Allah Ta'ala bless us with the reality of faith and bless us to do everything that is that we can to help every single Muslim strengthen their faith and have true adab with Allah and with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So these are some of the etiquettes that we have to have with the Prophet And of course, there are many, many more. The purpose here is just to speak about them very briefly. And then we have Adab with creation, which is the third category. And all of the different classifications of people that you and I might interact with. There is Adab, there's etiquettes. And the beauty of this deen, is that many people learn these etiquettes at home in their interactions with people in the community, that with their extended family, 
And this is why it's so important to live with community. Is because there are people that have the reality of adab with all of these different classifications of people and might not have ever formally learned in a school of any sort. How could that be? Look at how powerful this deen impacted the hearts of individuals that it created that all of these different types of informal madrasas in someone's life. And the first madrasa must be the madrasa of home. How parents are with each other and with their children. This is the first and most important madrasa of all. It is always beyond my ability to really truly understand how so many Muslims have almost zero tarbiyah at home. Let their kids do whatever they want to do. Watch whatever they want to watch. Give them devices from early ages. Don't teach them how to use any of this stuff. Think everything is okay and then send them to the masjid on Sunday for Sunday school and work it out. Or send them to the Islamic school and let them work it out. It doesn't work like that. When we had a parenting class right here in this room with a teacher who that understands these realities very well, the first step, the first step of parenting is to understand your own self. If you don't have something, you can't give something. If your lifestyle factors are terrible, how can you ever expect anything to that those to be good in your children? If you're not a person of deen and praying, how on earth could you ever expect that to be in your children? Your children will copy you in great detail. And you see this. You start seeing, for the better or for worse, how they emulate you. And then as you grow older, you start to realize how much you're like your parents because of what it is that you learn from them. And so the first madrasa is at home. And then by extension, the madrasa of the extended family, the madrasa of friends and other family members, and then the madrasa of the community in which you live. All of these will have a very powerful impact upon any particular individual. And then you get to the formal madrasa of actually some form of school. But then look what our children are exposed to in school and everything that they're exposed to on the way to school and after school and during school. And now through these devices to all the oftentimes what is the refuse of the world, look what they're exposed to in the world. And how important it is for us to teach our children the adab of all situations that they're in. There's not a single situation that you can possibly be in save that there are adab. There are etiquettes that relate to that particular situation. Just as there are etiquettes that relate to all different classifications of people. How we are with our parents. How we are with our neighbors. How we are with our friends. How we are with our older brothers. How we are with our younger sisters. How we are with our that close friends. How we are with acquaintances. How we are with our co-workers. How we are with our neighbors. How we are with Muslims, non-Muslims. All different categories of people. There are adab. How we are with our guests. A lot of people don't understand the adab of, of having guests is that we oftentimes fail to train our children how to be good hosts. Do we realize the importance of hospitality? The very word for character itself is makaram al akhlaq. It comes from karam. It comes from generosity. It comes from loving to host people 
If you have that spirit of generosity, of loving to give out from your wealth, loving to sacrifice your time for people, loving to have people over at your house, this is one of the most important things of all. And this is one of the critical questions that everybody that is thinking about getting married should ask one another. A friend of mine that told me this, and I thought this was a very, very good point, is that when a woman is looking for a man to marry, a man is looking for a woman to marry, is that you should look into their hospitality. Are they people that are hospitable? What would they do if they would receive unexpected guests at a time that maybe wasn't the most convenient time? How would they react? How would the man react? How would the woman react? That is going to tell you more about a person than a lot of other things because there are a lot of other things that will go underneath that. How hospitable are we as individuals, as families? How hospitable are we as a community? Or that do our degrees and standards are so high is that we have a very low tolerance for people. We should be extremely hospitable. And if we have this great trait and we inculcate it into our children, we will realize is that this is one of the key traits of the people of Islam and always has been and always will be if there are people who are truly implementing the deen of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. So then everything else that we can talk about, ultimately this whole deen is adab. Well, adab huwa deen kullu. Adab is the deen in its entirety. The way that we dress, there is adab. When we perform wudu, there is adab. Part of the reason we perform wudu is so that we have adab. This is the adab of standing before Allah. You have to be purified. In a state of, you have to be in a state of major and minor ritual purity. There is adab in relation to purifying ourselves, cleaning ourselves when we use the bathroom. There is adab in how it is that we face the Kaaba when we pray, how it is that we bow the entire prayer. Even there is adab, and there's certain times we don't recite Quran in the prayer. You don't recite Quran in the bowing or in the sujood position out of adab for the word of Allah, even though it's the word of Allah and you're in prayer. That's a time for invocation. The word of Allah is marfu'. It's lofty. And it's only befitting that you recite that in qiyam when you're standing. You don't recite Quran when you're bowing or when you're in sujood. Even within the prayer, there are many, many, many adab. And then outside of prayer, how it is that we eat, how it is that we walk, how it is that we travel, how it is that we, are, it is that we speak, how it is that we sleep, that there's adab when we're sick, there's adab when we are, are healthy, there's adab when we're sitting and gathering with the people, that when we get married, when we buy, when we sell, and so forth and so on. Everything that we do, and the point is to talk about this so much that you and I are absolutely convinced of the importance of adab and how this is something that we need. And the last thing that we're going to discuss as the scholars have said, if someone is going to be a person of adab, there are three things that they need. And the first and most important is ma'rifatullah. Knowledge of Allah. Knowledge of his names and his attributes. And we learn this in aqidah. And we talk about the necessary attributes of Allah. And then 
that we expand upon that understanding, where then we start to learn his 99 names, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then we start to learn that some of the other names are even beyond those 99 names of his tabarak wa ta'ala. But then not just learning those names, and then the degrees of how it is that you and I relate to those names. This is the first and most important thing. And then knowing his religion. We have to know Allah, his names and his attributes, and we have to know his religion, what it is that Allah loves and what it is that he dislikes, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the third thing is, as they say, anafsun musta'idda qabila. You have to have a nafs, a soul, but here this refers to you. You have to be a person that is ready and prepared become refined and disciplined, i.e., you have to want it. You can never be a person of adab if you don't really want to be a person of adab. You have to take that first step to be convinced, this is how I want to be. And you have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and to do the hard work. Otherwise, you'll never truly become refined and you'll never then receive the fruits of what it is that the great people of Adab receive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses the people, people of Adab inwardly and outwardly in all of its meanings and manifestations. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa afdala salati wa atamu taslim ala sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam ajma'in subhanaka la ilmanana illa ma'allamtana innaka antal alimun hakim wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyil azim wa shalun la ilaha illallah wa shalun anna muhammad rasulullah amma ba'd ya ibadullah inni musikum wa nafsi iyaya mi taqwallah Closing the call to adab is something that has to be there, not only from the minbar, from the pulpit, but this is something that has to be at the forefront of our minds and the forefront of what it is that you and I think is important. Because this is what we want to be. We want to be people of adab. And if this is indeed the greatest crisis of the world in which we live, then look at the role that Muslims have to be able to repair that all of the wrong that is happening in the world. Look at the way that you and I can then contribute. If we all learn how to be people of adab, the old among us and the young among us, among us, so whatever it is that we do in life, we are truly making principled contributions that are really bringing about benefit. And the contribution is not connected to a meaning of this deen. And it's not principled in meaning that it's not rooted in iman, islam, and ihsan. It's not really going to be of benefit when we make those principal contributions that in a way that is befitting for a believer with all of the prerequisites and preconditions that must be there, this is when we're actually going to bring out true benefit. And this is what is really worthy of being called a contribution. May Allah bless us to be able to create environments where you and I can learn how it is that we have adab. And may we be connected to the great line of illustrious inheritors of the Prophet ﷺ, who came in all of the generations before us, who learned from the people that were right before them, that learned from the people who were before them, that learned from the people from before them. This is what they used to say. 
He learned adab from his father. He learned adab from his teachers. And then that adab was passed on. And alhamdulillah, these opportunities are still here in this day and age, despite all of the chaos and mayhem of the world in which we live, the opportunities are still there for you and I to learn this adab and to open our hearts to it and to be people then that have adab in all of their different states. And ultimately, this leads to an intimate closeness to the one who had the best out of all, who was our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And that when you become close to him Sallallahu you will become close to the Lord of the heavens and the earth and the creator of everything that's in them. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, inna Allahu malaikatahu yusalluna alin nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad. Kama sallaita ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim innaka hamidun wajeed wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad. Kama barakta ala Sayyidina Ibrahim wa ala ali Sayyidina Ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidun majeed. Wa radiyallahu ta'ala an saadatana khulufa rashidina bi bakar wa umuzman wa ali. Wa ala jami'a ahla bayti rasulillah al-muttahareen min ajas wa alayna ma'am wa fihim bi rahmatika ya rahman rahimin. Allahumma gfil al-mu'minin al-mu'minat al-muslimin wa al-muslimat al-ahya minhum al-amat. Ya awal al-awalin, ya akhir al-akhirin, ya dal-gut al-mateen. ويا راحم المساكين ويا أرحم الراحمين أنجزنا رحمة من عندك نسعد بها في الدنيا والآخرة ربنا أتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وكنا ذب النار وربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم يا آل مسلمنا لا تهدك سترنا وعافنا وعف عنا وكننا حيث كنا آواكم الله نصركم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذو القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون وذكر الرضيم يذكركم وشكرني ميزدكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر. Thank you for listening to one of Al Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.